Hey there and welcome to the Duncan Pentecostal Church podcast streaming from Vancouver Island here in Canada. And however you have found our podcast, we're so glad you're here. Before we jump into today's message, just a couple things I want to let you know. If you go to our website, www.duncanchurch.com, you're going to find a couple easy ways where you can connect with us. We have an online connect card you can fill out. Maybe let us know where you're listening from and check off the option to receive our what's happening email we send this out once a week it's a great way to stay connected with everything that's going on here at the church and even online apart from that there is a give button so if you're feeling led you can do that right online through our website you can also find us on facebook and youtube we are so glad you're tuning in and we are believing that god's going to do something special in you through today's message enjoy Good morning. Now I'm no longer nervous. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm going to adjust this while I do a little bit of the work here to set up myself with the lectern, beloved. I just want you to know that I'm blessed to be here this morning. When Peter called me a few months ago, no, weeks, eight weeks maybe, maybe more, he asked me if I could undertake the service this morning, and I said, yeah. It is my daughter's birthday tomorrow. We're going to celebrate this afternoon, but... I wanted to be here present with you. And I am blessed this morning to see almost a full house with the Kwanos people that I kind of know a little bit and so on. So God bless you this morning. And thank you for giving me the privilege to be able to share God's words to you. I would like to ask you now, it's a bit echoey. Am I okay, Ro? Is it working okay? I would like you to turn in the book of Philippians. Would you go there? Chapter 2. I'd like to hear the pages of the Bible going on and stuff. I like that kind of stuff. So open in your Bible in the book of Ephesians with me. There will be a PowerPoint behind me. Uh, Bill, if you can basically put the slide, the introductory slide of it all and so on. Have you noticed the accent? What accent? Thank you so much. He said, what accent? I do not have an accent. You listen with it. I don't have an accent. I'm from Quebec, so of course I have a French accent, and I'm blessed once again to share with you this morning. If I have the good slide, it's beautiful. I was debating a little bit of a background before the message. I have a tendency to, I don't know if it's positive, I think it is, to put a lot of work in the messages that I bring and so on. I would like you to be in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, and I will conclude in two hours with chapter 3, verses 1 to 21. All right, the time frame has been given now. I have the peace on my mind and so on. I was debating between two titles a little bit more seriously here, because when you study the book, you come to a section of the book that talks about Paul's appeal to the Philippians, of course, to have the knowledge of Christ. Don't ask me if it does apply for DPC. Of course it does. So Paul's appeal to have the knowledge of Christ is my broader way, and then I will narrow it down with a warning against placing confidence in the flesh. A warning against placing confidence in the flesh belongs only to Christians. If you have not been found yet, you don't have the warning the warning does not apply to unbelievers. 
Because unbelievers, that's what they do. They place a confidence in the flesh based upon their own achievement, education, name it. But us Christians, we have that battle. When you were praying, when we were praying, Father, I'm going to preach a message about placing confidence in the flesh. And I'm the one, the first one that came to mind. I need to preach a message here based upon the Spirit of God, His strength, not mine, to deliver something that makes sense. And this is our daily battle. That's my problem sometimes. By means of introduction, if I throw at you the word Philippians, what comes to mind right away? Don't think. Shoot. What? Do not worry. Philippians. Okay, I will help you. (laughs) The epistle of joy. Philippians is a very personal letter of Paul. And the main theme, the primary theme of Philippians found in chapter 4, verse 4, is rejoice. Rejoice always, always rejoice goes throughout the uh, epistle. That's the primary theme of it all. Just to give you a bit of background, it was the first European church to be planted by Paul on his second missionary journey. And it was a well-organized church, leadership-wise, deacons and elders and so on, just to let you know that this is a church that was well organized. It has three purposes attached to it. To encourage the reader to rejoice. That's what you've been seeing. The epistle of Philippians, are you with me? Are you with me? No, no. Are you with me? You need to be. I need you this morning. The epistle is about rejoicing in any circumstances. That's the first primary purpose. Second purpose, why Paul sat down on his laptop, wrote Philippians, was to relieve the anxiety of the Philippians because he was in prison. At that time, the internet was, was, was not very strong, so they could not communicate with Paul and they were anxious about him because they loved Paul and Paul loved them. Thirdly, was to thank them for cash, financial assistance. Number four is my concern this morning. To warn them against the false teachers. Those who encourage the people to do, do, do. Therefore, you have to place your confidence in the flesh. And this is not what Christianity is all about. So number four, to encourage the people to be not to place their confidence in the flesh. And to be aware of false teachers. That's the core of my message this morning. You come to this section, like I said, Paul's appeals to have the knowledge of Christ, and it does include the warning. The warning will have three sections attached to it. He will, Paul, give the warning that does apply to all of us today. I'm a strong believer in the totality of the 66 books that you guys have on your lap. And believe you me, beloved, they apply. There is always a way, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, to find a passage where, ouch, what do we do about this as a church people and so on. Scriptures are alive, sharp, and living, so the warning does apply. Later on, in the next 30 minutes, Paul will use his own example. Why? He will use his own example as far as placing the confident in the flesh. And he will thirdly finish by giving a warning not to live our Christianity based upon the flesh. 
the confidence in it. I have people probably here educated, master's degree, whatever the case could be, bachelor degree. You have it on your wall. I have mine on my wall in my office. If you place your confidence in it, you're in trouble. No matter the education, no matter the field, as Christian, we cannot do it. We need to live our life through his strength and so on. Come back to it. That was my introductory material. Bill, give me, please, Ephesians chapter 2. Don't go to Ephesians. You're going to be having the PowerPoint. Now I'm coming to the core of the message here. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5, reads as follows. Even when we were dead in our transgression, made us alive together with Christ. That's what I want. By grace, you have been saved. Scroll down to 8, brother. Verse 8. Next slide. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Would you go back to verse 5, please? By grace you've been saved here. Through, by, by grace you have been saved here. It's parenthetical. It, it is in bracket in the original writing. It's based upon verse 4. Our salvation is by grace through faith alone plus nothing. It's based on verse 4, according to his great love and mercy. In verse 8, would you please go? We find the fuller statement here. Because it says, not of yourselves. Beloved, works or any concept of works in order to be saved has to be dismissed of our mind, our merit. This is very difficult to do because we love to pay back. If I invite you for supper next week, barbecue, you will say to your wife and to your spouse, whatever the case could be, we need to invite him back. He invited us and it was a French meal, so we need to find good meat here. No way with salvation. Not of yourself here, it's parallel, not parallel to, not on the basis of works. The work concept or idea in order to obtain saving faith as to be dismissed of our mind. Do you agree with this? Good. Because I know that this is the doctrine of the PAOC. Oh, what if you're not baptized? And the what if and what if and the what if you don't keep the Sabbath has to be dismissed. Even the concept of going to church. Going to church doesn't save anybody. It's part of it because we need to be attached and belong to a body. But we need to understand and we agree. I know that Peter will listen to the message. The message is stream online. Salvation or justification is by grace through faith. Alone, plus, louder. Thank you so much. Okay? I wanted to basically tell it. But, oh, Francois, there is a but. That's where the core of the message gets a little bit more in depth. There is a but. Bill, would you please give me the Philippians chapter 2. You are in it. Now you come with me. Philippians chapter 2, the letter of Paul that I've chosen. 
12 to 13. We need to clean something out here. Because I'm pretty sure, without demeaning, that if I would ask you what does he mean by this, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you for this. I did not see it. I did not twist my, I do not have the need to twist my neck here. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah, 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 yeah. After the introductory material that this is by grace through faith alone, what's going on here by asking the people to work out your salvation? How do you theologically explain such a thing without contradicting the words of Paul? What do I do with this? It's based upon a previous passage about the kenosis. No place for that this morning. We don't have time. Question is, would you give me the next slide, please, brother? The three tenses. Yeah, maybe 13 also. For it is God who is at work in you both to live and to work for his good pleasure. Bring me back to verse 12, the previous one. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, because he planted the church, but now much more in my absence, because he wants them to continue to grow, despite the fact that he's not present, work out your salvation. How do I do that? It's not by work. With fear and trembling. 13. Because it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Next slide, please, Bill. Thank you so much. That's the key. That's the key to the answer. Your salvation and mine, I have people in the back that are from Mexico, is salvation and mine, despite the language, despite the culture, is a common salvation, and it has three tenses attached to it, or three aspects. You want to note that. In order, in, order, in order to shed light on what I just said. It has to be understood, beloved, theologically. Oh, he's a theologian. Yes, I am. Theo means God. Ology is the, the, the doctrine of. So, you're in church this morning. I cannot talk about philosophy. I need to talk about theology. And theology helps us to understand. And I'm proud. Thank you, young, young people, to be with me this morning. I don't despise the older people. But we need to hear that at least one time right now and make a note of it. I would be blessed for you to uh, learn that slide. I, I will ask you. I'm going to be bold enough. Would you memorize this, please? Your salvation has three tenses attached to it. They are the past tense aspects. Justification. Keep in mind a court system. There is a present aspect, not tomorrow, not yesterday. It's 12 to 11 right now, called sanctification. There is a future aspect, which with future, future aspect, sorry, I repeat, which is glorification. What does it mean, Francois? What's the meaning? What's justification here? It's a deliverance from the penalty of sin. Once you are justified, it is a one-shot deal, never to be repeated in the Greek construction. 
you have been delivered completely from the penalty. It's a court system. It's judicial. And from the condemnation of it. Christ was not supposed to be glorified, to be crucified, and he was not supposed to die. I had to. But by faith, I have been justified one tense, one time, and now he took my place, as you know that, and we cannot work this out. Because we look at a slide, while I was dead in my transgression, have you ever seen a dead corpse, a dead body working? You were dead. We were dead spiritually. So how can I work this aspect of my salvation and yours? Impossible to do. Because justification is by grace through faith alone plus nothing. Not that we have been made righteous. It's okay. It's an okay sentence, but it's not clear enough. The issue, it's not necessarily that we have been made righteous, because in my walk with Christ, I dropped the ball last night. And I will drop the ball this afternoon. When Sophia, for her birthday party, will spill the juice on the floor, I might have problem to be made righteous. <laughs> when you don't find the scut towel right away. And you ask your wife, Olga, where's the Scott Well, I don't know. <laughs> because we retain this in nature. But the issue is that you have been declared righteous in court. Simply because somebody else took the sentence that was belonging to you. And now you have the righteousness of the Messiah imparted to you, never to be taken away. So the judge looked, the father, and he sees you dress in the court system with the righteousness of Christ. And he said, declare righteous. Woo! Where's the amen? amen? You cannot work out that salvation. So the slide of Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 does not belong here. Let's make, let me skip sanctification. Let's talk about the future aspect. I don't need to do that because my, my glasses are quite good. Glorification. Glorification, I need to repeat. What's glorification? New body. Yeah, with the body. You're not done here. Corner said this body is falling apart. He's absolutely right. I'm 63 years of age. I have a five-year-old daughter. I know it's all about to have short shoulders. Api, api, yeah, but she's getting a bit too big for api. Glorification is this. This is the deliverance from the presence of sin. And this is impossible on this earth. Just walk on Lewis Street. Who painted the building? You have not been delivered from the presence of sin yet. The day that you will die, when this body will go to the ground, and one day you will be resurrected by the power of God, and He will give you a new body, glorified, not sustained by blood, but sustained by the Spirit, this cannot be worked out either. You cannot get up in the morning after having died and say, Today I'm going to be resurrected. Today I'm going to get translated. 
not the scripture, translation. Translated, it means by means of the rapture. Today, I'm going to get raptured myself. As much as you would like to work this out, will not work. It won't. You agree? You okay? So this is not the aspect of salvation that we can work out. Cannot work out our own resurrection. He will do it for you by the exertion of his power. You cannot work out the, work out the rapture if you get raptured. If you, oh, there is no such a thing as the rapture in the Bible. There is such a thing as the rapture in the Bible. That's the doctrine of the word of God. For those who will be caught alive not to partake in the great tribulation. It's not the subject that I want. How about sanctification? Progressive sanctification out of three kinds of sanctification that I don't have the time to elaborate. I might name a few in a moment of time. Progressive. Progressive sanctification is the one that you can work out. There is three types that comes before this preparatory. We don't want this this morning. Positional, no talk about this this morning. Ultimate sanctification, no, talks about, no talk about it this morning. We talk about progressive or experiential sanctification here. That's where we are now. Are you still with me? I need your attention. Okay, young and old. What is sanctification? It's deliverance from the power and dominion of it. The power of sin, because it dominates on us, and the dominion of it you can replace by ruling or control. The more we get progressively sanctified, the less, the less, the less we sin without becoming sinless. And this has to be worked out. So when Paul says, work out your salvation, not justification. Work out your salvation, not glorification, but progressive sanctification. This is the present tense aspect of our common salvation, and that has to be worked out. It's a must. Once a believer takes seriously, once she or he believers Take seriously your personal spiritual development is working out his salvation. Going back also to chapter 1, verse 6 of the epistle, where it says here, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you, slash, stop, he who began a good work with you, slash, when did it begin? where you got declared, been declared righteous justification. And the verse carries on saying, will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. Will, future tense, perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's your glorification. Anywhere in between, you need to work this out here. Because we have a position, the good work that he has Began in you, I need your attention. It's your positional truth. This is your position that all of us have. It doesn't matter if you know it or not. If you believe, you have it. Christ is in you, and you are in Him. Christ is in you, you are the temple of the living God. 
That's why the young people needs to keep their bodies sexually pure because you are the temple of the living Christ. Here, that's your position in Christ. I am in Jesus Christ and he is in me. Do you know something? I'm going to encourage you. You're going to like that one. And God the Father looks at you. And he puts his glasses on. And he looks, what is your first name again? Lonnie. Lonnie. He looks upon Lonnie right now. And Lonnie is a believer. There's no doubt about it. She is in Christ and Christ is in her. Where is Christ physically right now with his body? In the third heaven. He is the only man with the glorified body in heaven. All the other people that have died in Christ are there, but in immaterial part only. When he looks about Lonnie, this is my point here, he sees her. God the Father sees her in Christ. So therefore, God the Father is looking upon her as she has been already glorified. I need an amen to that. It's the position. But God knows that we are stuck in time. And because we wait for the physical aspect, God sees us as already been glorified. So it's a guarantee of good things to come. But in the meantime, she needs to work out the salvation in the issue of getting sanctified. What is sanctification? Because of the position that I just explained to you, Progressive sanctification is to bring our walk in Christ in conformity with your position. Where are you? No? Okay. All right, it's, it's okay. So there is no contradiction between the slide that he has shown in Ephesians that it's by grace through faith alone. There is absolutely no contradiction with Paul says, work out your salvation once you get this slide behind your belt. You know what it means. You want to know something? Go to Titus. Come with me. I'm I'm just about done. I promise. I'm just about done. Go to Titus. Come to Titus with me. If you don't have your Bible, you need to talk to me at the end. I have a ruler in my car, you know. <laughs> the Bible on the phone, I kind of like it, but you, you need to come up with an app that pretends turning pages. Because I think she's on the email system right now. I know you're not. To, to come up with this, a sound that flips pages, and I will be happy because I like pages. Look, 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 look what he does. This phone will never let you down. (laughs) Right on. Come with me. I just want to show you this, how we understand that, how theological it is, but how it sheds the light on the Scriptures. You come to Titus chapter 2, quickly, 11, 12, and 13. A maniac about it. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. Slashed up. For the grace of God, the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. That's the death of Christ on the cross, that he, was, he, did, he died, he was buried and rose again. That's the gospel. That's where you need to place your faith in it. What aspect is this? Bring me back to the aspect, brother. 
justification. Let's go to verse 12. Instructing us. I stop there. You're reading the rest of it. I just want instructing us. Tell me which aspect of the salvation is it. Come on. Thank you so much. What's verse 13 here? Looking forward. I have a party this afternoon, but it's not this afternoon yet. It's in the future. That's my, my daughter's party. I'm looking forward to it. Which aspect salvation one is that? Yes. Yes. Scriptures made clear. Now I need to bridge it. And I'm not good at bridging. You come with me in the Philippians, I read. We read the text, I finish with this. Chapter 3, verses 1 to 21. And once again, you will see this coming out. Brother, give me the next slide, please. I have a leftover, because when I was young, young, <laughs> 35 years ago, I was a bodybuilder. I have some leftover, but you cannot see it, because we would be kind of criticized. I read. You look at this. If you don't have your Bible, you look at this. Actually, pretty, pretty fit. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing again is no trouble to me because repetition is always good and it is a safeguard for you. Beware of the dogs, not the dogs, woof, 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 false teachers that add to salvation. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of the false circumcision because we are the circumcision, the word true, you have it in italic. It's not in the Greek original. It reads, for we are the circumcision who worship in spirit of God and glory where in Christ Jesus and put the confidence in the flesh. Thank you, ma'am. Although I myself, it's very emphatic. The word I in the Greek is in the emphatic position. Now he's focusing this on him. It's a coffee with Paul. Paul is inviting you. You want to put your confidence in the flesh, bro? Go have a coffee. Tim Horton with Paul. He will tell you something here. Although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind, Francois, yourself, to put confidence in the flesh, Frank, I far more. Circumcised the eighth day under two covenants. Of the nation of Israel, pure stuck. Of the tribe of Benjamin, always on the victory side. A Hebrew of Hebrews, mom and dad were. As to the law, Frank, a Pharisee. Hey, he was instructed under Gamaliel the first. I wish I would. <laughs> Beautiful. A Hebrew of Hebrews as to zeal, persecutor of the church. As to the righteousness which is in the law of Moses, meaning performance in the flesh, found blameless. But blameless here is negative. But whatever things, the seven things that I just mentioned, were gained to me, those things I have counted as lost for the sake of the Messiah. More than that, present tense, I count, reckon. All things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I suffered the loss of all things, 
and count them but manure so that I may gain Christ. The word rubbish is manure. So he looked at his certificate with Gamaliel on the wall. Master's degree. Doctorate in the Mishnah. Manure. In comparison to be found in the Messiah. He was top-notch legalist. And he said, when I was found in the way to Damascus, all of this became crapology. I know you don't like, but the manure, it's, that's what it means, rubbish. Okay, where was I? Uh, nine, that I may be found in him not having a righteousness. Beloved, say yes, please. Maybe there is some no. Have you been found? This is justification. He said it, and may be found in him not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is true faith in Christ the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of, fill the word, that I may know him. Circle that I may know him. It is S, sanctification, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of, circle may lay hold of, for which I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Next slide, please, bro. The next forward. Next. 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 Yes. Three times. Let me carry on with the text. Look at what I have. I'm just about done. Verse 12 again. Not that I have already obtained it, or I've already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which I also I was laid hold of by Christ. Brothers, I stop there. He was laid hold of by Christ. When you Google that expression in the Greek text, lay hold of, it's the word Tackled. Have you been found? You have been tackled by Christ. Look at his arm, number 53. He will not let go of number 3 until he touches the ground and hears the whistle. 35 years ago, I was tackled by him when I was 33, and he will not let go of me. The lay hold of, Paul will say in the next verse, I did not attain it yet, but the lay hold of, it's to be tackled. And he, in Acts chapter 9, on his way to Damascus, slang, number 53, grabbed him to the ground and gave him what we call everlasting life. Do you have it? That's what you need. You know what to do. It's by grace through faith alone. I carry on and finish. Brothers, verse 13. I do not regard myself as having laid all, as having tackled it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward, that I may lie that for what is lie ahead. I press on towards the goal of the price of the upward call in Christ Jesus. 
Let us therefore skip verse 15, 16, and go to 17. Brothers, join me in my example. Paul's example, yes, he's asking the people to imitate him. And observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. Meaning Timothy and Epaphroditus in the context. For many walk of whom I often told you and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, belly appetite. And whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly stuff. For our citizenship is in heaven from which we also wait eagerly. What's the aspect of it? Yes, you wait for it. It's going to come. You see, he uses these three tenses and so forth. Who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by waking up in the morning and say, today I'm resurrect myself. This is Francois' version. Your Bible should say by exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. You cannot work out your justification. You cannot work out your glorification. We are only working out our sanctification. Go back, bro. Previous slide. Please. Previous. By digging. Previous slide, please. In which aspect? Progressive sanctification. Men at work. Are you? Are you? Are you? At work, right now you are listening to this French-Canadian longer message than usual, theological stuff. Where did they take that stuff? I did not invent it, that stuff. I did not invent it. Previous slide. No, that's okay. It's finished. <laughs> Finish four slides. I'm hesitating right now. I'm hesitating. Because I don't want to forget staff. But it's not very important right now. If you belong here, here, you are in a very good place. I know Peter. Peter is one of the most efficient Bible expositors on Vancouver Island. Work it out with him. Take your shovel. Slide forward, brother. Dig with him. Go alongside and say, Pete, carry on, expository. I am working out my salvation with you, Pete. Love it. You will say, oh, you're not saved by work. What is your name? Even. Even, you're not saved by work. Yeah, you say, I know that French-Canadian that you invited Never see me again for the next five years. Doesn't matter. He taught that the three tenses. I know where and what to work out. You're in a good place. Encourage the man. Because you don't know what he thinks sometimes when he goes to bed. And think about the results of all the teaching that he does. We need a kick. Where is my microphone? Is kind of located. I love you. When I was saved, I was given a passion for the word right off the bat 33 years ago. Sometimes I wished that it would diminish. Doesn't work out. 
doesn't work out. Corner, God bless you and thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Duncan Pentecostal Church, located here in Duncan, British Columbia, on beautiful Vancouver Island. At DPC, we believe in teaching the whole Bible to build whole believers who can impact the whole world. For more information about us, find us online at www.duncanchurch.com or find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Duncan Pentecostal Church. Have a great day.